Sports Talk continues. Hour number two of the program gets underway. And on Tuesdays, that means we get to say hello to our good friend Vince Ferrara as he joins us, thanks to Waters Equipment. Vince, on the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline, how are you? John, Jimmy, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, no doubt a lot of things continue to swirl about. Let's start with Tennessee football. First, your reaction to uh, to what we saw Saturday in Naval's first loss at home to Kentucky since 1984. Well, it was stunning to me, just like with everybody else, and especially the way the turnovers continue to pile up. I mean, going for zero turnovers in the first ten quarters of the year and going from that to seven in the next four quarters of football, just hard to understand how you can be so good and then be so bad and have that switch so quickly. And then it's against two very different opponents. So I think Tennessee has to look in the mirror. Look, Kentucky deserves a ton of credit because they had uh, all those interceptions. They had six against Mississippi State. They had three against Tennessee. Ten turnovers in a 16-drive span by that Kentucky defense. So certainly they were prepared. They're opportunistic, and they they catch the football. So they deserve credit for that. But Tennessee just they're not they're not consistent enough. They're not good enough. They're not talented enough to have those kind of catastrophic mistakes and then overcome them. And that's just the turnovers. Then there's other things that haven't gone great in the last two games, especially the last six quarters that are concerning. So it was just, it it continued to quickly change not only the tone of the program, but how you view the direction of the program when things are so positive, not only in the off season, but in the first two games and and I think we had this. I've been with you guys. I know we had it on this discussion on the station, um, and it might have even been on the roundtable with Will and the guys. How how understanding will fans be if things don't go well for Tennessee this year? Do they get a little bit of a pass because of the circumstances of 2020? And my strong conviction stance was. Absolutely not. No passes. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't care the fact that not as many people can go. I still think people are just as mad, if not even more upset. And maybe that's just a venting, a accumulation of other things that are frustrating that makes you go off on something else that disappoints you. Maybe it's that. That is a part of it. But I think. Fans want to win, want to hear excuses, and the there's a, a lot of teams that are having to deal with different uh, aspects of, of 2020 and the and COVID. Certainly Tennessee with the contact tracing, there was a lot of guys out. It's not all the same for everybody, but I never thought that it would that people would be just like, oh, okay, it's 2020, well, you know, right. Uh, I don't sense any of that right now especially because they've seen a lot of the same mistakes and issues that they have seen even when they were able to survive games during that win streak. And, you know, for those that question Tennessee during that win streak, you know, they have a little something to 
to be able to fall back on and say, I, I told you so. I still think that was what they were doing was impressive because they weren't winning those kind of games before and they had made great progress. However, the we've we've now seen because they they have, have done things that in losing to Kentucky that they hadn't done in so long, uh, and the, the losses, the blowout losses, continue to mount. I think it, it you can go another example of how quickly you can go from the penthouse to the house, and it it has turned quickly on this program. And you know, I, I put the stat out in um, on Saturday. Not only was that the first time that Tennessee had lost to Kentucky at home since 1984, as you guys know and and a lot of the listeners know, but the last time Tennessee lost by that margin at home to Kentucky was 1893, which was the first game of the series when Kentucky was known as Kentucky A&M, and they lost 56 to nothing. So it just, um, you know, it was embarrassing for fans, and I, I get it because it was stunning. Yeah, I believe it was their third year of football. And so it's that that's something that certainly gets your attention, and I don't think there's any question, Jimmy, that while you might not be in a position to, uh, to go up there and get right in between Florida and Georgia competing for the East, what I think fans were looking for based on how you finished last year was evidence that you've closed the gap. Um, you didn't see that in the second half against Georgia in Athens, even though you had the lead after two quarters. And then, again, as, as Vince just mentioned, you, you have the uh, not just a misstep but a backstep. Uh, you, you found a way to beat number 10 Kentucky two years ago when they came here, and they were never in the game. You won 24-7. to They come back. You're the team that uh, is, is the higher ranked, and, and you're the team that has the momentum, and yet – because you couldn't hang on to it and you turn it over on four straight drives and you mix in two pick sixes, you never really had a shot after you shot yourself in the foot when you fumbled it back to Kentucky after you forced the fumble. Yeah, and, and here was the thing that, that I thought, there are a couple things disconcerting, and we get Vince's take on this, but one, I thought when Georgia's first possession of the third quarter, when they took it, went 76 yards and rammed it down Tennessee's throat, I did not see any fight back in Tennessee after that. So that's a concern. And Vince, the other concern that's every bit as big, they got a quarterback mess on their hands. I don't know how they fix it. Uh, Garantano, there's the good Jarrett, the bad Jarrett, and we've seen too much of the bad Jarrett. Uh, he may be better off coming off the bench. They may try that again this year like they did last year. I'm not sure it will work. They need to try to get Harrison Bailey up to speed. I don't know if he's the answer yet. Uh, but, uh, Vince, those two things to me were, were uh, a concern coming out of the Kentucky game. Definitely. And first on the effort part of it and, and just being sometimes uh, you, they do look demoralized. I thought they looked demoralized in that second half against Kentucky. Um, yeah. uh, honestly, it started during the with the body language and the lack of effort that Pruitt is unhappy about. I think that kind of started during the second pick six return. And it's a Mike linebacker and he's getting back 85 yards on you and he's running out of gas. And yeah. nobody on that offense can bring them down. So, and then afterwards, just their body language is terrible. And and so I, you know, that those things are are things that naturally can happen to you, but you have to be able to overcome them and not let it bring you down because then that continues to affect you beyond just those plays. 
Uh, so they got to get that right. And even Brandon Kennedy, I thought it was interesting today. Uh, you might have even asked him about it, about the effort that Pruitt had been talking about. And he said, I yeah, I feel good about the effort. And then he said, you know, I, I think it kind of died down there at times. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that indicates that, yeah, they were discouraged, a discouraged effort, however you want to phrase it. If you if if you get pushed into the end zone, you're standing up on defense. It's not a good look. It looks like you just want to get out of there. And so Tennessee's got to fix that part of it uh, between the ears and in the chest. And then as far as the quarterback situation, you're right, Jimmy. I, I, there isn't an easy answer. I know what the easy answer is for many fans because Garantano is public enemy number one right now. Um, it is anybody but number two. I get that, but you saw what happened with Shroud, and Harrison Bailey is not at, at the point of being as ready as he would have been at this point. Had he had gone through the spring and had a chance to impress coaches in the offseason and working with the receivers, then you get an extended fall camp and uh, or, or a normal fall camp in a normal year. If those things would have happened – Harrison Bailey would have all, to me, would have already been on the field and already starting, and it wouldn't even be much of a question. Um, so I, I, I think because of the circumstances is why it's not the easy decision for Pruitt and Jim Chaney, uh, as everybody wants it to be. I thought Brock Heward was was very interesting in his answer yesterday when asked about the game plan for Tennessee against. Uh, Alabama, and he started with, I think I could put Jarrett out there this week. And he said it starts there first and foremost. And, you know, that's a football guy, the former quarterback. And he knows that it's it's beyond the turnovers. It's do you impact your teammates positively? Doesn't mean that they don't like him, that he doesn't work hard. But if you, at that position, don't make people around you better, there's there's a limit to your impact, and the play has to be better. And I'm not sure that he has been that kind of guy. He's been a guy when he doesn't turn the ball over, they can get they can get through games, and he can make some throws. He certainly has the arm talent. He's certainly likable, but you need a difference maker at that position in college football right now. And I you know I don't know maybe they start maybe they because they split the reps as Pruitt said between Bailey and Maurer this week, does that mean that they're getting Maurer ready in case they need to pull Garantano if they start him? Or do they say, we cannot put Garantano out there anymore, maybe we'll start Maurer and and maybe try to hold off on Bailey until we get to the bye week and have two weeks to have him preparing your reps for Arkansas. I think that's the most likely scenario to me is a Garantano start Maurer as the, the first backup off the bench, and then you know you hold Harrison Bailey, if at all possible, until the, the bye week in Arkansas. Um, but who knows? If they've seen enough of what they've liked, maybe they do say, this is the only guy that we think can give us a shot to win this game because of his, uh, his upside, and maybe it clicks for him and Alabama – uh, miss, doesn't doesn't uh, take him as seriously, or or isn't prepared for his 
some throws or whatever. Uh, I don't think Jeremy Pruitt is going to look at this game or the season as looking to the future. I think he is still going to have the approach of we're going to do everything we can to win the game, not, hey, let's just get through this one and then we'll get ready for the back half of the season. I, I don't think Pruitt is that kind of coach to give this game in. I, I, whatever he thinks will give him the best chance to, to pull the upset, even as, as unlikely as it is, I think that's the direction I'll go. We've got more coming your way. If you have a question or comment for Vince, 656-9900, 656-9900, star 990 is free. For AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers, the toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. Vince's appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment, and he's with us this hour on Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Because we have a transmitter, and you don't. 99.1, The Sports Animal. Sports Talk continues. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. Let's check in with Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello. Steve, you with us? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. Hello. Hello. Fellas, you know, like we all know, around the time of the Missouri game, after that game, there were people that are not Tennessee fans that kept up for college football and played college football, saying stuff that Tennessee had the best offensive line in the country, and they were good enough that we could play with Georgia and Alabama and Florida. And uh, quite frankly, what the heck happened? <laughs> yeah, the, they haven't performed. It's that simple. Haven't yeah, played low yeah. enough to, uh, to win. Right. Steve, I, I'll say this. I, I wasn't as enamored with the offensive line against Missouri as some were. Uh, right. Those that called it completely dominant. I, I thought they controlled it. But he, he was, here's my evidence, and certainly you can argue this. But if you take out the quarterback sneaks and the one-yard runs, Tennessee had 45, 46 call rushing plays. Right. 18 of them gained three yards or less. 11 of them gained one or zero. So right. I didn't think they just shoved them off the line the whole game. Now, they had moments right. where they blew them off the line. But bench uh, to an even bigger issue, I think, is the lack of pass protection. I don't know that they've got a tackle that can pass block right now. What right. do you think? I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the pass protection has been the biggest issue. I also thought they played their best game against Missouri. Wani Moore certainly had probably his only good game this mm-hmm. year. But they didn't rely on the on the pass quite as much. They ran the ball a lot more. I like the commitment to the run in that game, which I haven't really seen enough of in the other three games, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And and then you know they even in some of those jumbo sets, Jimmy. It's not like they were just destroying people and and trucking people every time they went to it. They were they were stuffed a couple of times, and you know when they needed a yard, sometimes they got two. So. Uh, you know, it, it just – it wasn't, to me, it, was, it wasn't dominant. It was their best, but it wasn't dominant. And I, I just had a higher expectation for that offensive line. Yeah, now, yeah. I, I expected them to be better than even they were in the Missouri game, honestly. Right. So, yes, but the pass protection is an issue, and it's been an issue all across the board overall. 
I mean, especially their tackles. But the Cade Mays, when he's been at right tackle, at left tackle, I think he was a he didn't play as much at left, but I I still think he had maybe a little bit more problems at right. Um, Darnell Wright. A lot of these guys are getting beat with speed to the outside, and they're just not getting out to their sets. Which is an, another thing that's concerning about that is I think Tennessee's linemen they they line up pretty far back in their in their two point stance. I mean, it's very much a a a close call on whether they're actually lining up off the line of scrimmage. That's how far back. They are. They got to be at the at the butt or beyond of the center, and a lot of times they're they're farther back, so they're prepared for that outside speed rush, and they're still not stopping teams. And guess what Alabama's going to do? They're going to send guys that that direction, whether it's with stunts or their linebackers on just a delayed blitz or just their ends just beating them off the edge. Um, Johnson hadn't really been available. I don't know that he has the quicks to be that much better off of the at the tackle if you want to put him in in place of Morris, whether it's Wright or Mays. Calbert, he struggled his first play in the game against Kentucky when he came in for when Wanya Morris went down. So, I mean, that's, that's five guys right there that have played tackle, and there might have been other guys, a snap or two, and I just don't think uh, unless those guys, Morris and Wright, Figure things out. I I don't think that you that's an issue that can get solved. Personnel right now, uh, they're better in the middle, but they even to me they haven't even been as good as they should be in the middle either. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm feeling extremely pessimistic about the rest of the year, and uh, I doubt I'm alone at that at all. Right. Well, Steve, I'll say this. Uh, obviously, the quarterback position has to be figured out, and maybe it won't, and nothing else will matter. But if they can, if that offensive line can play to its preseason expectations and the talent that it has, I think they can mask enough of their issues and rely on the run game and find different and play action off of it and get easier on the quarterback and obviously pass protect as well. But if that group can be the dominant force it was supposed to, they can get back on track and win enough games. Not going to win the East or anything like that. But if anyone is going to help them outside of the quarterback position, turn this thing around, it's that group because that was supposed to be their strength and their talent. Right. Well, Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, too, would you not agree that Kentucky's defense is pretty darn well coached? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, okay, fellas. All right, Steve, always appreciate it. Thank you very much. 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. We'll go ahead and get a break. More with Vince Ferrara coming up. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment as you listen to Sports Talk on 99.1, The Sports Animal. And again, if you have a question or comment for Vince, 656-9900-656-9900. Jimmy? Vince, uh, when you look at the Tennessee quarterback situation, we had a call earlier about this. Do you put more of the blame on lack of development uh, from the coaching standpoint, 
or do you say they have not done a good job recruiting, uh, that they don't have enough talent at quarterback? Which is it, do you think? I think it's more recruiting. Look, they, you know, the JT Shroud, well, first they inherited Garantano. So, you know, we really haven't seen the big he was highly spike recruited. up. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was. But yeah. it, just like with a lot of positions, and you and I have talked about this uh, before, there are, there are a lot of four stars, and there are a lot of guys that are highly rated. It is incumbent on the coaching staff to pick the right guys and be able to see into the future. Now, yes, obviously the development is a huge thing, and there are guys that aren't big-time recruits that are coached up and they end up developing. But um, then I think the best recipe is for talent, and then develop that talent. But I think just having the, the initial skill set, it factor, leadership, uh, ability to Im- impact uh, others around you, all those kind of things, I, I think those at the quarterback position as much as anything is something that you need to pick the right guy, uh, even though you still need that development. You remember they had a deep commitment from Adrian Martinez when uh, when they made the coaching change at UT. So Martinez decommitted. You had Michael Penix, too, that, uh, that, that went on to Indiana instead. And they grabbed J.T. Shroud. You know, he was not the higher-rated guy from California. Um, I, I, he's not, to me, he's not an SEC starting quarterback. And uh, with Brian Maurer as well, Brian's dealt with – concussions and hamstring and a lot in his personal life, but he wasn't the highest rated guy in Florida either. He's a little bit more of a gunslinger. Um, And I I don't know that there's a future for him in that position either. I think the guy is Harrison Bailey, where you can feel like you have a special, a potential special uh, program quarterback. uh, And there just hasn't been enough time to be able to develop him to see if, again, it's the coaching. I think it's always both, a degree of both, but I don't know that they've had the right guy to lead the program. They may in Bailey, but it's so early to find out. I think that's the bigger issue more so than Winky hasn't developed him, it's his fault. Because those same people say that Gatiano is what he is. So (laughs) if if you're putting it on the coaching – to coach him up, then then he he should if he's the right coach he should develop Garantano. A lot of a lot of the the comments towards Garantano are it doesn't matter who is the coach he's never going to be a good quarterback, great coach or not. And Cheney's proven he can he can develop quarterbacks too, and we haven't seen that happen. So I think the root of it is is player the right guy more so than the coaching, even though, again, it is a level of both. So we saw Alabama against Georgia. They were very impressive. Do you think this Alabama team might be better than last year's? Uh, yes, better than last year's, I think so. Um, there, Even though the defense is, is giving up a ton of points, I do think to some degree there is circumstance there. Uh, I don't think they're perfect. I don't think they're the best team. I think that's Clemson, and we'll see what Ohio State looks like, but 
Ohio State before all of the scheduling changes and and everything. I, I thought Ohio State was going to be my national championship pick. So better than last year, yeah, that gets them in. That probably gets them into the playoff. But the best team, I don't know that I would put them in that in that category um, because they're even though uh, they're not as bad as their defensive numbers they've given up. I don't think they have as many difference makers, especially in the front seven that they've had before, but still probably be good enough to be better than last year. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Brian. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Brian. Hey, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to I wanted to weigh in on this QB conversation myself. Uh, I'm a longtime Tennessee fan. The first game I ever watched was the 82 Tennessee-Bama game. Um, I've seen through the years freshmen uh, be used at Tennessee, and most of them were pretty successful in the long run. Some of them struggled early on, you know. uh, But the next year, it seemed like, you know, we had a pretty strong team, and I just say, why not play Harrison Bailey? He's a four-star. He knows how to play football. He missed some practices. Big deal. There's guys that were at every practice that are not ready to play, obviously. And so why not try him? Garantano's had all these chances, and he has not, you know, he's lost just as much as he's won at Tennessee. He's a great kid, but he's not going to win games in the SEC. Give Harrison Bailey a shot, and next year he's going to be here. We may be pretty good. You know, he may be better than people think. That's my take on it. You know, I want to see what you think about it, Vince. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I understand uh, that perspective. Certainly, Jerry Garantano has played a, a lot of football, a lot more football than than plenty of fans would want him to play as Tennessee's quarterback. But, you know, again, the, the options are a consideration in this. And, you know, Jim Chaney, he's – they well, Pruitt, first of all, told the SEC Network crew, he got 10 snaps in preseason camp. I mean, 10 snaps of teamwork? <laughs> I know he, he knows how to play football, but that quarterback position – needs a lot more than than a running back who or uh you know a, a wide receiver where you can kind of narrow their focus a little bit and get them through it there's so many things that are needed in that position plus Jim Cheney often requires a lot more than others at that position and maybe that's something to be debated on does he try to put too much on Garantano or any of the other quarterbacks in terms of their decision-making and responsibility? Uh, that's, that's another conversation. But I think, it's in, I think they're trying to fast-track Bailey to where they feel comfortable with him out there, have the nice throw to, wide, uh, to Weidman down the sideline, look like a, was a, was a big-time throw. But we saw Maurer flash a couple of times last year when he came into the game, made a big play. Everybody's juicing and excited, and then reality hits. So I'm not saying that Bailey shouldn't play, but kind of that mentality of getting him ready now for the future. Coaches don't, don't coach for the business of the future because when you start thinking towards the future, you don't get to the future. 
And that's why I think Pruitt is going to do everything he can to try to give the team the best chance to win this game. He'll worry about the future when he gets to it uh, because the wins right now, even if they don't win this game, but they are competitive in it, that might be something to build off of beyond that. But if they start looking towards the future in this game and it goes really bad, then you run the risk of of the other players on the roster saying, well, why, why am I selling out when they're already looking towards next year? I'm not here next year. So you have to take all those things kind of into consideration. He has by far the most upside, and you want to get him ready. And I think it's probably very close to him playing on a regular basis. I just don't know if they're going to do that against Alabama um, this week when the bye week is there sitting for you to give them two weeks to give them the best chance to have success at Arkansas. We sure do appreciate the phone call. Let's go next to Bob. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Bob. They cannot find. Bob, you with us? Bob, give us a call back. 656-9900, 656-9900. Why don't we go ahead and grab a break? We'll be back with a final segment. Vince Ferrara, our guest, his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment as you listen to 99.1, The Sports Animal. 99.1, The Sports Animal. It sounds just as good on your car radio as it does while you're working. 99.1, The Sports Animal. Final segment to hour number two of Sports Talk. Our guest, Vince Ferrara, his appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment. And, Vince, what can we look forward to Thursday night, 8 o'clock, after Coach to Coach with this week's In the Cage MMA Radio? Yeah, excited to be back in our normal time slot following the, the great show, Coach to Coach, as you mentioned. We'll be joined by ESPN MMA reporter Mark Raimondi. Um, he's the one that did the story on the pipeline from regional MMA shows to the UFC, and he does a great job following uh, for, uh, covering fight sports for ESPN. He interviewed my uh, partner, Tim Loy, for that story and got some quotes from him. So he will join us on the show. We'll talk about the big uh, Abib Gaethje fight coming up this weekend to cap off another good stint on Fight Island, success stint for the UFC and look back on this past Saturday's show. So lots going on in the MMA world where they keep pumping out shows. UFC does each week. So uh, we'll be loaded once again, Tim Loy and I, Thursday night, 8 to 9 here on the Sports Channel. Let's catch up with Roger. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Roger. Hey, um, uh, well, John, Jimmy. Uh, how y'all doing? Doing well. How doing are well. you? Uh, I'm doing fine, doing fine, John, Jimmy. Uh, Vance, hey, Vance, man. How you doing, Vance? How you doing, Vance? I'm good, Roger. Enjoying the nice weather. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, I just wanted to ask you all about, about Tano for a minute. Um, uh, I see first, Vance. Uh, Vance, I know, I, I know fans are not happy with Tano. How, how you been playing? I just wanted, I just wanted to ask you against Alabama, uh, Vance, about Alabama game. Um, uh, if you're Chaney and and uh, Pruitt, what you do? Uh, what do? You, what, 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 what can you do to get uh, get get time to play? 
get time to play better. Uh, play better, a lot better in this game coming up, Vance. You think? Well, that's that's the million dollar question. I'm sure. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think a, a lot of people want the answer to that. You know, I I don't know if there's some some responsibility or some things that. Uh, that Jim Chaney can do, maybe take some things off the plate of Garantano. I'm not not exactly sure how that's working, whether, you know, they had, remember last year they they were go- going into the year putting more on Garantano. He was excited about that, had his struggles early. So when he got benched, uh, he didn't have as much rope when he came back and seemingly played better, and, and I imagine that might have had a little something to do with it. I don't know if maybe they gave him some of that back second year under the same offensive coordinator, if they gave him some of uh, uh, some more of those responsibilities. And now we're seeing the last two, uh, last six quarters, seeing that, uh, that regression yeah. and that, that not pay off. Jimmy, have you heard anything like that, that maybe they put some, some responsibility back on Garantano that could be contributed to some of this at all? I did hear that they put a lot on his plate, which I disagree with. I just don't think he can oh. handle that, and I think yeah. you need to keep it as simple as you can. Don't ask him yeah. to throw long out routes. You can ask Peyton Manning to do that, and if it's not there, he won't throw it. But don't ask Garantano because right. yeah. if the cornerback's sitting on it, he's going to pick mm-hmm. it off. But Garantano may throw yeah. it anyway. So I just think you yeah. have to limit your package with him, and even if it's uh, throwing it away or taking a sack, that's better than a pick six. Yeah, and also George Rogers pointed out during the game that that he set his man in motion too late. So when Tillman broke on the started in into his route, the the, the DB was already kind of sitting on it, uh, and then he stared stared it down the whole way as well. So there was multiple yeah. errors besides just the play call and the decision there. Mm-hmm. Right and. Also, real quick, Vince, I just want to ask you about the game, Charlie. Um, uh, Tennessee wants to compete. Uh, what's the key? What's the key for you, Tennessee? Uh, order Tennessee to uh, not like they can do it, but what they have to do in order. Uh, I hope they win, but uh, what do you want the key of Tennessee to win? You think Tennessee to compete? You think compete in game? You, you think, Vance? Charlie, Roger, Roger, line of scrimmage. I know it's not turning the ball over, and that's that's kind of a given at this point. But no matter who the quarterback is they've got to be better at the line of scrimmage if they're not better then either Garantano is going to be pressured and cough up the ball turn the ball over or whoever else is back there going to get killed so um to me for you to have any chance they've got to be better and more dominant on the O-line and you know uh on the O-line especially but both lines of scrimmage need to be much better for Tennessee Alabama's O-line is awfully good so I, I think that doesn't favor Tennessee either. But you got to hang yeah. there, and then you know maybe some creative calling. Uh, you know, Valus Jones Jr. Uh, kick return, something on special teams to to steal either a possession or a score. It's got to they they have to be different. Where, where's Gray and Chandler on the field at the same time? I mean, how how much we hear about this before the year? I don't know that we've seen it at all. Why? You have your two best players. We're going back to the Camara herd nonsense. Put those guys on the field. <laughs> yeah. And then Kelly, well, when John Kelly was here too, put those guys on the field at the same time. And just not seeing the creativity, uh, just I don't, I don't get some of what we're seeing from this team right now. 
And Roger, we appreciate the call. Yeah. Thank you very much. Vince, tonight the World Series gets underway. How do you see it between Tampa and Los Angeles? And uh, and have you seen the tweet that uh, the City of Championships uh, designation is, is riding on tonight's game because the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, the Lakers mm-hmm. won the NBA, so this settles it as to who gets to claim City of Champions? Uh, I don't know if it settles it, but, you know, but, hey, well, in the Tampa Bay area, we'll take any title that we can get that's not Siege of the Day or Tampa Bay. <laughs> but that would be an improvement off of both, so I'll I'll take it. Um, I, I like the Rays in seven. I said before the playoffs that I thought these two teams would be there, uh, and, and I'd I can go with the Rays with that that bullpen and their depth of, of pitching, and uh, I, I like the Rays in seven. Should be fun. Vince, we sure do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck to the Rays, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, appreciate it, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. That's Vince Ferrara. His appearance brought to you by Waters Equipment.